Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to my podcast. It's called Incorporation Doctrine 88. We like to discuss civil rights, social justice, and a little bit of football. Uh, please join us. Thank you so much. How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, this podcast is be episode number two. Uh, for those that had a chance to tune into the first episode, I really appreciate that. Uh, I've got a lot of support from my friends and family. I appreciate that as well. So please continue to uh, to uh, download the podcast, Incorporation Doctor 88, on all those platforms. You know, we've got it on, um, by the grace of God, Spotify, um, Amazon, um, Apple Apple Podcast, Google, and so in all the uh, iHeart, uh, Podchase. So there's others as well. So I wanted to give a shout out to those people. But uh, thank you for tuning in. Um, I want to bring up a topic today um, that's going to be the uh, unforeseen effects of illegal arrests and incarcerations um, and how it affects the economic, the economic impact it has on families and the most more, I think even more devastating is the emotional toll it has on folks. Um, And the reason why I call them illegal detainments is if you're not been found guilty of a crime, you're not to be uh, incarcerated at all. Pre-trial detention is is unreasonable. It's deemed unreasonable. Uh, Pre-trial detainees can't be punished for any reason. And so these conditional bonds they give you and, you know, having you having to pay a bond for your freedom is a bill of attainder. Um, those are those are um, invo- involuntary servitude. It's subjecting you to fictitious obligations, which are, you know, those are all those are all forms of fraud and they're they're illegal. The uh, bond having to collect a bond is is um, voluntary extortion. That's a that's just trespass of the um, of the uh, uh, Hobbs Act, you know, Title 18 U.S. Code 1951. And the fictitious obligations is Title 18.514. And so those are those are federal crimes, guys and gals. And so the people who are subjecting you to those said fines or incarceration are guilty of honest services fraud. Title 18, United States Code um, 1356, or 1346, excuse me. And so the emotional toll, it, the financial toll it takes on those that are any actually kind of economic condition because you're taking money out of your pocket. That's a civil forfeiture, civil forfeiture. When you've not been found, when the adjudication of guilt has not been uh, established. Without the adjudication of guilt, you can't be punished for any reason, period. And so what happens is, and not to get to that conspiracy theory, but it's the, uh, the whole uh, state actor situation. The, um, so all courts in the United States are corporations, if it's not a criminal um, situation, meaning uh, somebody does something to somebody else, a man did something to another, a man or a woman did something to another man or woman that caused him some kind of injury. And the injury must be fairly traceable to the, the to the person, the person who's being accused um, of this um, injury, cause, the cause of this injury, it has to be a uh, criminal activity. You know, some kind of illegal activity has to be tied to it. Otherwise, it's an accident. And so, like I said yesterday, if you're uh, you know, robbing somebody, you, you shoot them. I mean, you've caused that person an injury. So they have a... They have the legal standing for redress, and they they have, they have the right to a remedy. Okay, what happens is the state, when they come after you for like traffic tickets that are that are not involved with any kind of injured party, then they're not actually coming after you for a crime. Yet they're they're fining you or taking money from you. They're stealing from you because they're making you pay for something that's uh, not illegal. It's not a criminal activity for a crime that occurred. Guys and gals, there has to be a victim. There has to be an injured party. Period. And what happens is, uh, you know, they they come up with these outrageous sentences or the penalties. You know, 
Well, you don't, you know, if you don't sign this plea bargain, we're going to give you 99 years for, for jaywalking. Well, whatever, you know, well, or here, just take this $5, $5 payoff. And so the immediate thought is you just want, you don't want to be in trouble. And, and you know, as a guy like I'm transparent, I'm in the prison, you know, it sucks being in trouble. Okay. But I've corrected my behavior since then. And so um, it's important to actually get to know the laws and, you know, the only laws that apply to men and women are laws of man, okay, which is the laws of God. And that's going to be, that's where the Bill of Rights basically comes from. And so, you know, those of us as men and women as a society as a whole have deemed things to be unacceptable behavior, like, you know, murder, you know, rape, um, you know, just things that are just unacceptable. And so something that causes the bodily harm. And so with a, um, you know, with the traffic ticket, Who's the injured party? Who's the complainant? And so here's the thing about entities, corporate entities, states. Well, the United States of America is a corporation. Um, the state is a corporation. The city, town, municipality, um, borough, you know, whatever you call it. Those are all municipal corporations. And so there's something called the Foreign, Ag- Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938. And those foreign corporations must also, those municipal corporations and foreign corporations must also have some, a charter, a corporate charter, okay? And then with that corporate charter, it has they have things they have to go by. It's kind of like their constitution or their rules they have to go by. And so those one of those rules on all corporate charters is they have to um, abide by the constitution, okay? Constitution says that you're innocent until proved. Well, it says that, um, you cannot be um, you have the right to you have the right against unreasonable searches and seizures you also have the right to be um, secure in your persons and your effects okay and so for example you get pulled over and they arrest you for some reason and they tow your car well that's unreasonable seizure of your because cars are, are, are considered an effect okay and so if they tow your car and they make you pay for it that's that's voluntary extortion that's a that's trespass to the Hobbs Act because You've not been found guilty. You've not been found guilty of a crime, so you can't be punished. How are they seizing your property from you without you being found guilty of any crime, right? And so they go under the guise that you have to do this. Their intimidation tactics, and it, you know, it can be intimidating for those that don't know, or some of those that even do know. Um, you know, it's uh, like Mike Tyson said. You know, everybody has a plan until they get hit in the mouth. And so um, it's uh, and these quote unquote these law these attorneys, not all of them. But a lot of them are kind of in on it. Their loyalties to the, their allegiance is to the bar. It's their allegiance to the the, the court, their officers of the court. The courts are corporations as well. Any, any, there's any kind of commerce involved? They're, they're corporations. You know, you don't see the uh, FBI. <laughs> you don't see the FBI or the um, IRS posting profits or making money or charging. I mean, come on, guys. It's rare. And so um, they're they're for they're the, they're businesses, guys. Make no doubt about it. They're there to make money. And those municipal, uh, those municipal employees that quote unquote law enforcement officers are there to take money from you, extort money from you. Now, unless you're getting robbed and you call them, they have their job to, to protect, protect you, but to not take money from you. They're not operating in a, they are not operating in a legal capacity at all. They're, they're municipal corporation employees. And so they are to work for your benefit. So you tell me how it benefits you if they pull you over, you know, throw you, you know, torture you by putting handcuffs on you, throw you in the back of a car, which is kidnapping, and then they throw you in some cage, which is, you know, is uh, is human trafficking. And so it's torture. And so how's that to your benefit? Or, you know, here, pay us $100 to, uh, to, for this quote-unquote fine you did. They're, they're, they are punishing you without the adjudication of guilt. 
Fortunate acts of criminal without a conviction. It, it is absolutely illegal. And so what, and like I said, I'm not some anarchist or some conspiracy theorist or anything like that. That's ridiculous to me. But this is what happens when you just, when everybody says, just be compliant, just be compliant. Okay, listen, I know they're, I know that they pull your, but just be compliant, just be compliant. Well, you being compliant makes them, uh, makes them think that they are actually doing the right thing. You know, if you have a five-year-old child and that child is cursing like a, up a storm and you and your family decide that's unacceptable. If you don't correct that child's behavior, the child will grow up thinking it's okay to curse like that. And it's, it happens at school. I mean, come on, they have to go to school and get in trouble, right? Same thing. If you don't have somebody accountable for the behavior or correct that, that, that illegal behavior or that wrong behavior, they're going to think it's okay. And so a lot of these police officers, I hate making blanket statements. So these police officers that are doing things illegally, okay, or against their, they're getting trained illegal, bad, number one, six weeks or six months to become a police officer, you know, have the quote unquote uh, carry a firearm, but, you know, two years to become a beautician. Come on. And so um, these um, law enforcement op- officers, are, you know, are undertrained. They're not trained in the constant on the Constitution at all. Um, they have oath of office. They just signed. They don't know what it is. Most of them do not. If they did, uh, they wouldn't do some of the nefarious things they do, especially the things that are unconstitutional. And so they believe they're beyond reproach. Uh, the Frisco Police Department is a prime example here in Frisco, in Dallas. Frisco, Texas Police Department it believes they're beyond reproach. This there was a there was a little girl who's you know complaining about her father molesting her, and the Frisco Police Department. The mother came and got the daughter. The Frisco Police Department deemed it necessary to give that child back to the father who ended up molesting her again. Okay, and so they just kind of swept it under the rug. David Shilson's the chief over there. He's horrific. Um, and so uh, they don't do anything. I had a situation where uh, I was getting chased by this, this this guy. So I kind of pulled over to find out what was going on. Well, all of a sudden, all these Frisco Police Department cops run to his car. I'm like, what? So I get out of my car and start filming them. Like, what's going on? They all run past me. This run over my car. And I was filming them, like walking towards my vehicle in a private parking lot, mind you. And one of the officers approaches me. He's like, hey, what car are you in? I said, none of your business. And he goes, what's car? I said, am I under arrest? He goes, no, but you'd be detained. I said, being detained for what? He goes, the possibility of a weapon. I said, what weapon? Now, mind you, this is Texas. It's July. I'm wearing a, t- a tank top and, a t- and shorts and flip-flops, okay? I said, what weapon? He goes, again, what car is you? I said, I'm none of your fucking business. I was hip. He, he grabs me. And six of his buddies come bum rush me, tie me down to a chair, break my right wrist. And so without probable cause for warrants arrest, there was no complaint, no nothing. And first of all, Possibility of weapons, not a crime, because the word possibility means they're not sure of it, number one. And number two, it's not it's not illegal to carry a weapon, first and foremost. And so uh, and I don't have to I'm not I am not obligated to, to participate in his in his uh, investigation. I don't have to answer him who I am, whose car is mine, none of your fucking business. And so they decided to go hands on when I wasn't a threat to them. And so they covered it up. They were laughing at me, you know, knocking on the window, laughing at me. And so I've been trying to complain about this for what, two years? They refused to take my complaint. I will call the Frisco, Texas Police Department, and they will send me to some voicemail of a person they know is not there. Their professional standards is a joke. It is an absolute joke. And their chief thinks it's funny, and they think they're brown reproach, but little do they know. You know, I'll call them. I can call them here now. And, and because of who I am, they won't let me speak to anybody but this stupid-ass, uh, supposedly professional standards person who never calls them back, by the way. But I've had somebody call right behind me, ask for a peace officer. Right away, they give it to them. Okay, if that's not <laughs> deprivations of equal protection law, that it's ridiculous. And so um, they believe that I can't reach out and touch them, but I'm actually I, I am, and I, I'm doing it now. And they will know. They will know shortly. 
you know, with those errands and emissions bonds, those public servant bonds, uh, the individual public servants pay for those, not the city or, the, or us, the taxpayers. And uh, if they get those tapped too many times, the insurance company will drop them. It's just like liability insurance. They'll, they'll drop them. They can't be quote unquote peace officers anymore. And here, and this is just for Texas, guys and gals. In Texas, the Texas Constitution states that um, <laughs> those peace officers must have a permanent peace officer's license, not the temporary ones they do to even affect an arrest. They don't have those. I bet you 99% of these police officers around here, law enforcement agencies at all, have permanent peace officer licenses. I don't know if Texas even give those out. And also, the Texas Constitution says that you have to treat a citizen like an outlaw, period. Period. They do it all the time. And so uh, you have the right to be heard. You have the right to do process, of, do, do course of law in the Texas Constitution, which is like you know, the United States Constitution. And I, I highly suggest, like I said, you guys should uh, study your state constitution because it affords more protection than the actual Bill of Rights do. It gets more, more detailed into with things that are specific to your state. And so unless you're being federal court, you know, if you don't find out what your state laws are, what your state laws and codes are, or your state laws are, and find out what's legal. Because guys, guys and gals, ladies and gentlemen, legal and lawful are not the same thing. And so um, you may see it's a law. It's lawful. And so um, don't let them establish dominion over you. Refuse to be referred to as a defendant or a, even a plaintiff or, you know, or a, um, you know, a person, a citizen, a uh, individual. Those are all corporate terms. Driver, driver, driving, operator, vehicle. Those are corporate terms as well. And those are, those are engaged, people engaged in commerce. And that's how those state actors are able to inter- interface with another state actor. And so that called kind of trickles back down to the unseen effects of these illegal, because the arrests are illegal. Because the Supreme Court says that um, any pretrial detention is deemed an unreasonable seizure, and it is illegal. It is forbidden. Taking your fingerprints, you know, that could be um, a trespass of Fifth Amendment. It could be uh, self-incriminating. And so they are to take you directly to a magistrate. And if they don't, even if the Supreme Court decision came down that even if the arrest was lawful, it becomes an unlawful detention because even the judge files probable cause. Doesn't matter. That it was it was unlawful imprisonment, and therefore, you know, fruit of the poisonous tree gets thrown out. Came across this, jeez, uh, a fam- this friend of mine was in this municipal court here in Dallas, which has zero jurisdiction. Municipal courts are a corporation; they're a farce. They have they're not courts of record either. Any of them, they're all corporations. And I happen to have the Dungeon Bradstreet number for the state of Dallas, state of Dallas, state of Dallas. Dungeon Bradstreet number 04-463-4483, which means they're a corporation for profit. So how can somebody who works at Sears and the, you know, the, who sells ties at Sears going to come and put handcuffs on you, throw you in the back of a car, and then throw you in a cage, and that not be uh, aggravated assault, kidnapping, and human trafficking? Same exact concept, because these police officers are municipal corporation employees, period. Not down to what they do, not at all, but that's what they are, okay? Public servants. They're they're for, they are up they are um, employees of a corporation, okay, and so they don't have the authority to come and take you and put you in cuffs and take you anywhere. That's just the bottom line, and so that's one of the the, um, the good um, effects of having this podcast, which I'm very very proud of and very grateful for, is that I can say things like that as opposed to those social media sites they kick you off, like you know TikTok, they'll throw you off, they'll kick you off for saying things like this. And but you know the videos that I had to have a million plus views, they don't ever touch them. There'll be something like seven or seven eighty thousand views, and uh, me telling people how to initiate a, a lawsuit against law enforcement for civil rights deprivations. They ban they ban that. 
What kind of sense does that make? The ones where <laughs> I had this police officers leave a scene that were that pulled somebody over illegally and was giving them a ticket. You know, that got a million, 1.7 million views. Well, they don't say anything about that. And I was cursing like a sailor. But the one when I'm actually showing people how to have a remedy to the injury they've been caused, they they boot that off. Which I believe is actually uh I think it's a, I think it's a federal crime. Uh, I was, I'm gonna look that up, but I think that's trespass of title uh uh I think it's nineteen eighty six, eight forty two US code nineteen eighty six. I'll look that up and, and I'll get back with you on that. But those little things, not not little, they're big, but they all lead to, you know, their doing things illegally. You can't break the law while you're trying to enforce it. The pillar of the Fourth Amendment cannot be set aside to aid law enforcement. And so when they actually get your when they actually tow your car, there are nine steps they have to go through before they're actually they're actually to tow it. And so if they're taking your property from you, how can they possibly charge you for it to get it out? That's ridiculous if you guys think about it. If you break it down, but again, just comply, just comply, just pay it, just pay it. Well that gets people very jaded, you know, and then they think they're able just able to do it. I had my, you know, my, the city of Dallas, <laughs> well, I was incarcerated illegally. And when I beat these charges, they towed my car, okay, illegally, even though I parked it in an area in a private parking lot where and my girlfriend at the time lived one minute from there. So they pulled me over. I asked what they pulled me over for. They wouldn't tell me it wasn't for a crime. So um, unfortunately, I had a warrant uh, at the time for these, this, this bullshit charges I had in Denton County, which I beat, you know, but it took 14 months to do that sitting in jail. So we took a plea bargain. Anyways, uh, I parked it away from, I was off the street. I parked it to where we wouldn't be in, in, in the way at all. And um, they, uh, I told the officer, I said, hey, man, my, my girlfriend's right down the street. Can I just call her? He's like, oh, no. They're, the tow truck was there within five minutes. So, it's, you know, it's ridiculous. And so yeah, it's a civil forfeiture, actually. It's, it's a seizure, not, not a, not a uh, they didn't tow it. They seized it. And so, uh they they towed it. Of course, I was in, I was incarcerated illegally, and so uh, they uh, they they actually auctioned it off. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And so they're so arrogant. I, and I say stupid. No, they're not stupid. They're arrogant. They're, the city of Dallas is arrogance blinds their critical thinking. And so uh, the that's a trespass of the takings clause of the Fifth Amendment, which you know you have to go over the Fourteenth due process. It's a due process violation. How are you going to sell my car, my property, without my permission? I'm not in a contract with the city of Dallas. Who are they to take my stuff from me? Or yours, by the way. And so, uh, yeah, they ended up selling my car and auctioning it off. Well, I called, uh, tried to do it, the, the, you know, the nice way. Talked to their office of risk management, and they deemed that they didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> okay, cool. Got that, on, got that on record. I then tried to contact the city attorney's office, the city of Dallas. They said the same thing. Well, we're not, we're, you didn't do anything wrong. You didn't think about it. The idiots. Because what they've done is they've, they've broken their oath of office as well. And so they're liable. And so then the corporation of the seat of Dallas, which does business at City Hall, Dallas City Hall, is liable to me big time. And so then I contact the uh, police department here at the Central Division, which those guys are absolute crooks. They're the most arrogant cops I've ever come across in my life, and I have fun making fun of them. Uh, they refuse to take my they refuse to take my uh, report, which is trespass title eighteen United States Code one thousand one. By the way, it's a federal crime, and so they refuse to take my report of a stolen vehicle. And then the officer came out, and I have it all in video. You guys check it out on my YouTube channel. Same thing, Incorporation Doctor 88. The, the officer told me, uh, Officer Barry, yeah, we uh, your car was not stolen. It was towed when you were arrested on the 20th of whatever of, of November. And so I was like, well, how can you guys – because I, I went to this police station to, to put this uh, report in, and uh, but I didn't have my VIN number. Or my, I didn't have the VIN number with me, and I didn't have the uh, – 
license plate number, which really upset me. So to come back to my house, got it, went back because the whole time they're telling me they couldn't give me any information without those without those numbers. Come to my house, go all the way back, and they're like, "That's also they have all the information on my car," you know. And there's just another another tyrant, Sergeant Dews, who's uh, who's in more trouble than he thinks he is. By the way, I'm gonna have his badge. Um, and so he uh, told me the car was stolen. I said, "Well, I said the car was towed." I said, "Well, how'd you know that?" You told us. I said, "No, I didn't. I left. I didn't know it, so I came home." Well, you know, he's an idiot, arrogant prick. And so uh, he, uh, I have it on video too. He said, they weren't going to help me. And so uh, he actually told me to get the fuck out of the station. I'm like, well, what if I don't? You know, I, I'm here for a federal investigation. Oh, you're not here for anything. You know what? I shut him down, put him back in his place. So Dallas PD admitted that they towed my car and they had it auctioned off, which is perfect evidence, which is illegal. And I beat all those charges, by the way. That's why you don't sell somebody shit until you make sure they've done something wrong. And so I have that there. Complaining to them, they wouldn't help. Dallas City Hall, their absolute arrogance. Eric Johnson is an arrogant elitist. He's a sellout too, by the way. And so uh, I called them, and they, uh, the, the uh, secretary, whoever I spoke to, arrogantly comes on the phone. Uh, Mr. Stark, I thought you this issue was already resolved. I said, ma'am, if it was resolved, I wouldn't be calling you. Well, you've already talked to the – she just gave me a perfect line. She goes, you've already spoken with the city attorneys. You've talked to risk management. You've spoken with the police department. And they walk up to the same conclusion. She goes, oh, there's nothing this office can do. We can't help you. This is the mayor's office. Nothing we can do. Have a good day. She hung up on me. Okay, wow. Thanks a lot, ma'am. You just solidified it. So I have the police officer saying they told they told my car and sold it. I have the office of risk management saying they told my car and sold it. I have the city attorney saying they told my car and they stole my car and stole it. The police department said they told my car and sold it. And now City Hall says that. They're liable. The tickets clause of the Fifth Amendment says you cannot take this government cannot see somebody's property. And use it for public use, sell, sell it for public use without just compensation. And I even called, I have recorded, I called the pound and asked them, well, hey, well, where's the money that's left over? Because they're supposed to charge for a quarter, even if they're charging for storage. I said, where's the money left over? Oh, the city keeps that. Bullshit. My car's worth, it was a Toyota, but it still worth, you know, twelve fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. And according to the, the, the uh, time it was stored, the most it would have been was like, you know, a thousand bucks, maybe 1200 bucks. Okay. So they keep in profit all that money, which is illegal. It's absolutely illegal because I'm in no contract with the city of Dallas. So when they tow your cars, guys and gals, it's illegal. It's an illegal seizure. Trust me. You just have to declare that. You're not in contract with the city. They work for you. How they just come and take your shit. It is absolutely illegal. They do it all the time. It's 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 uh it's well, it's extortion. It's it's fraud. It's they they're th- they're stealing from you and telling you on the color of law. They're they're stealing your property from you and making you pay to get it out. That's come on, guys. Think, I mean, we're practical people. That's ridiculous. They're putting you in jail without you being found guilty of a crime, but telling you have to pay money to get out. That's forcing you to a contract. Okay? That's not not done with clean hands. It's under threat, coercion, or duress. They're making you pay for your freedom. They don't have, <coughs> excuse me. They don't have the uh, authority to take it from you. Without your consent, okay? Without your consent. You have to make sure you complain. You know, I do not consent to any, any kind of court, any kind of y'all's, <coughs> excuse me, any of their uh, <laughs> contracts or implied contracts or their uh, their jurisdiction for sure. But that judge is supposed to not let that happen. You know, get that put that judge on the spot. Hey, listen, judge, tell you public servant, you know, why are you letting this, letting this happen? You know, Title Twenty Eight, U.S. Code Four Five Three says your oath of office, which is actual federal law, you are divided by the Constitution. 
and uh, the Texas Constitution, or the state Constitution, and the United States Constitution at all times. And if you do not, you're guilty of treason. It's a federal crime. It's treason. They're warning us the Constitution. Same with uh, you know any of those public servants. They have, they will have oath of oath of office, guys and gals, and I have copies of them. That's why they're all liable to me and to you. And so these people being legally incarcerated, like my friend, is in jail right now. I'm trying to get her out because she stood up for her rights in this municipal court, which is a little bullshit court without any, any authority. She just asked she asked the judge for some kind of proof of injury that she should be prosecuted for anything. The judge arrested her for civil disobedience or some bullshit charge. <laughs> Mandatory seventy two hours in jail. She can't bail out. They're charging her. They're, they're finding her a hundred dollars a day. Get the fuck out of here. They arrested her illegally, and they're charging her to for her incarceration. Get out of town, man. Come on. That judge actually was justice of peace. Does have the authority to do that? A judge is not to. A judge cannot make a decision without the presence of a jury, unless you waive your right to a jury trial. That JP was practicing law from the bench, and it's illegal. And, and my, but my friend's there for three days. It's ridiculous. Without bond for some civil, it was a civil thing. It even said civil. With the civil, with the civil kind of crime, quote unquote, there has to be a contract. She's not in contract with the city of Dallas. I'm not for a fact. And she was just standing up for herself after they made this been dragging this BS case on her for two years. And she just was asking questions that she's allowed to ask. And the judge arrested her for it. That's how bad it's getting, guys and gals. And Dallas is notorious for doing that, things like that. Notorious because they're so arrogant to think they can do that and get, and get away with it. Well, people I've come across are sick of it. You know, they're tired, they're tired of it. It's just ridiculous. They're just doing things that they, they're without, without repercussions, guys. Without, you know, they think they're above the law and while they're enforcing it. Well, you know, like these big qualified immunities is a crock, number one, but it's easy to beat. And by the way, that qualified, the qualified immunity is a made up law. Supreme Court made it up in 1969 during the uh, civil rights movement to protect law enforcement officers who were beating the shit out of black people, basically, is what it came through, what it comes down to. But they immediately lose those protections, that qualified immediate protection, when they violate their constitutional uh, contracts, their, their oath of office. They breach that, they're out of there. And they don't have the authority anyway, if you guys know how to you know, complain about it. They have no authority over men and women, period. That's why you don't like to refer to as anything else. You know, custodial parent, non-custodial parent. It's just ridiculous. The other person that I'm trying to help out in Mississippi, <laughs> they keep arresting him because he's trying to get see his child. And uh, the judge gave him and his ex-wife uh, no no contact uh, orders, whatever, which with that order is void because it's made without the presence of a jury, without his consent. And so that judge is acting quorum non judice as a person, not a judge, has no legal authority behind it, whatever. You have to arrest this man over and over and over for violating his the order the judge put for this uh, separation thing. Uh, they can't be more than 300 feet, which is bullshit because that's restricting his right to travel. And so uh, the, the ex-wife kind of set him up trying to get – she said her and the child were stranded, uh, needed gas. He went to go help him out. Cop comes out of nowhere, and they arrest him for violating the, the uh, order, but not her. Let her go. She ran them off the road. I have the video to prove it. They you know, flipped over in their SUV. Their child was in the car. His grandma was in the car. Um, and this, her this ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, I'm sorry, ex-wife's boyfriend uh, comes and tries to get the kid, smashes the back window with the crowbar. And my and this person I'm, I'm talking with, speaking with, trying to help, had to miss the guy. And so, mind you, the vehicle was on its side and flipped over on a highway. There's skid marks and everything there. It was ridiculous. Well, 
he's kind of shaken up, taking videos of the scene. The police officer in this little bullshit town in Mississippi um, was asking him questions. Or wanted to put a report. He goes, sir, I'm not right now. I'm just kind of shaken up. So, of course, the police officer's ego gets in the way. He's like, well, you need to tell me. Or I'm going to arrest you for obstructing of justice, interference with, interference with justice, some bullshit charge. And he's like, well, can I just give me a second? And they arrested the man, the man who just had his car flipped over. Ex-wife. They arrested him and not the ex-wife and her boyfriend. When they told him exactly what happened and had the video, they refused to watch it. And so, and then they had the audacity, <laughs> the audacity to come back and charge him with uh, endangerment of a child, <laughs> child endangerment. When in fact, the mother, <laughs> they charged her to the mother was the cause of the reason was the reason why they crashed on a delay. This is on a, on a highway guys in Mississippi. The car was on its side. See the trace marks. They chased them off the road and made them cause them to flip with their son in the car. Yet the husband keeps getting arrested. They don't do anything to the wife. And the wife has some kind of relationship. She knows that it's one of the inspectors or something like that, where it's a conflict of interest. And so they're cutting her slack. They're not giving her this absolute misapplication of law. It's nowhere near equal protection of law. And he has two felony charges pending, which we'll, we'll beat, by the way. But uh, it's just ridiculous that he is having to go through that. You know, the civil, not seeing his son, which the courts don't have the authority, by the way, to tell you what you can and cannot do with your children. Your children are protected under the Liberties Clause of the 14th Amendment. Life, liberty, and property. The state can't, <laughs> the state can't tell you what to do, guys. The state's a corporate entity. And so uh, it's just ridiculous that this man's having these civil forfeitures for, for, for no reason when the courts act outside their jurisdiction. And then there's another gentleman in Louisiana. <laughs> Good God. He's been in prison for 13 years. He got pulled over because the police officer said he was speeding or something, which there was no speeding. There was witnesses to say he was not speeding. And by the way, speed is not, excuse me, speed is not illegal in the United States. There's no speed limit in the United States. You're not engaging in commerce. Well, they searched his vehicle to get a joint there or something like that. They arrested him, planted drugs on the guy. Uh, long story short, he's been in jail 13 years. He never pled guilty or not guilty. This judge in Louisiana, uh, Louisiana, by the way, the uh, judge in Louisiana uh, threw him in jail. His, the prosecutor that prosecuted him has been fired from two different parishes in, in, uh, in Louisiana for uh, nefarious actions, breaking law. And so, that should automatically question any case he's prosecuted. And this is the same thing happened in Mr. Brock's case. They uh, they didn't have any evidence. They manufactured evidence. He's in jail right now with 81 and a half years without the possibility of parole for, you know, for marijuana possession, basically. Well, when the search itself was illegal, it's fruit of the poisonous tree. They had no probable cause to pull this man over. So that makes everything about the arrest illegal. All of it. It's all indivisible in court. Yet he's got 81 and a half, 81 and a half years, non-aggravated. Nobody's got hurt, no victim, no complaint. <laughs> So the state initiated the complaint, which is illegal. It's absolutely illegal. And so, um, and so uh, we're working on that. But 13 years, of life, 13 years of his life is gone. Never get it back. Never get it back. His daughter, he hasn't seen his daughters. Well, his, he's, he's been out of his daughter's lives for 13, and a half, 13 years oh, for no reason. And so the judge allowed to happen. That judge is, is guilty of fraud. <laughs> the prosecutor is for sure guilty of fraud. Brady violations. There's also malicious prosecution. I mean, come on. The uh, police officers that were involved, they're all, they're, they're all in trouble. And as the sheriff department and the corporation that they call a prison, which is a functionary of the state of Louisiana, which is a corporation that's holding him, they're also liable. 13 years, 13 years without a complaint. And they're still piling charges on him. 
how do you catch a charge in prison of some BS charge they have from 13 years ago? He's got indicted on it. How can you get indicted? We've been in prison 13 years. So that's what I'm talking about. His family's have a lot of money. You know, his sister's family all miss this man. He's been gone for 13 years, never been in trouble before. And yet uh, he's incarcerated for 13 years. And people kind of look the other way because the states are corrupt. They are for profit and they're there to make money. His case number, which is actually, a, a, I think it's a QCIP number, it has a market value associated with it. You know, these district attorneys know these things. They know, the judges know for sure. Those municipal, bonds, municipal bonds, is, is this fraudulent. They're uh, <clears throat> creating a financial instrument in his name without his permission. That's identity theft, number one. But number two, that's securities fraud. And they're, and they're not paying taxes on the profits to make it. That's, that's tax evasion. And so in somebody else's name because they benefit from it. And like I said, excuse me, like I said yesterday, the judge is biased. All judges are biased. Uh, you know, Title 42, United States Code 657. It's the cooperative agreement between judges, courts, attorney generals, um, uh, attorney generals, uh, district attorneys, and law enforcement. It makes them biased, guys and gals. So, so whatever they say is out. And so these are the things I'm talking about that we need to kind of come back and tap the brakes and, and reset the order of things and how – uh, they are they arresting people, putting people in jail and prison for no reason, just for profit, guys. It's purely profit. How does that not bother you? You know, but some kids, you know, some kids going to go steal some potato chips and he's he's because he's hungry and eight cops arrest him and throw him in jail. That's just stupid. And so that's been, you know, the, the kind of point of this podcast uh, to vent a little bit, but also to have solutions. There are solutions, guys. You know, title it. Uh, 42 United States Code 1983, the Civil Act, was made for that. Holds these law enforcement officers, officers and public servants accountable for their actions. You know, when they arrest you legally, that's trespass Title 18 U.S. Code 242, which is deprivation of the right under the color of law. And so that is gives you an op- that gives you the um, opportunity to sue for under 1983. And so. Um, until there's an economic impact, ladies and gentlemen, there's not going to be a change because they're making money. You stop that money flow, you'll get them, you'll get their attention. And so with that, I'm going to kind of wrap it up a little bit. But just, uh, hey, guys, I want to thank you so much for for following. And for those of you guys, please subscribe. It's $5 a month, guys and gals. And so we can continue to do this and continue to help people. Uh, shout out to you know, uh, my buddy Stephen Harris in Mississippi. He's a, one of my he's a partner. He's took the uh, state of Mississippi all the way to the appellate court in uh, Mississippi's Fifth Circuit and won. Stephen Harris is his name for exactly what's happening to this gentleman in Louisiana. And so uh, we're on it, guys. Just want you guys to know that. And uh, you know, my buddy Sean Cagles, he's a huge help. And so um, he had you know a hundred. He had one point four to two million dollars out on me for these two charges that they kept arresting me for, which is double jeopardy, by the way. And, uh, I mean, he's, he's been there the whole time. He's a good, I mean, my family, of course, but he's a, he's a good man. My friend James as well. And so we'll do another podcast tomorrow, guys and gals. Hopefully my buddy Kevin will be on here with me and, uh, or my friend, uh, Hattie. And so, uh, please, uh, you know, I'll make maybe a more open forum here shortly, but I just want to thank you guys once again for tuning in and we'll tune again tomorrow. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to my podcast. It's called Incorporation Doctrine 88. We like to discuss civil rights, social justice, and a little bit of football. Uh, Please join us. Thank you so much.